I would encourage everyone just kind of starting in this industry to definitely keep an open mind. You know, there's so many different ways to do things, you know, learn as much as you can be like a little sponge, absorb it all, find Mm -hmm. what works best for you. And, you know, don't ever get to the point where you think like, you know, it all always have that open mind and always just be receptive to to learning and to hear what other people have to say. And then that's going to take you far. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I want to make it yours. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. This is episode 27 in the second Shop Talk features three expert women in the industry. Ginger Schmidt is from California and owner of Kiss My Gas Industries. Connie Mangivinos from Florida and supervisor and lead painter at Kitty's Classic Restoration Shop. And Hilary Nowak from Toronto, Canada and owner of the all-female-powered Ink and Iron Restoration Shop. These women have over 31 years combined experience in the industry and are sharing DIY best practices for prepping your ride for paint. Let's get to it. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. coming to you. And I had an epiphany after a meditation session and thought to myself, let's have shop talk around paint prep. And I have three women with me today. I have Connie from Girls Behind the Gun. I have Ginger from Kiss My Gas. I still love that name, Ginger. And I have (laughs) Hillary from Ink and Iron. So welcome to the show, ladies. Yay! Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wanted to get a group of females in the industry that are experts in prepping. The whole goal of this show is really to teach the well, teach and share some best practices with the DIYer out in their garage, and they want to start prepping and tinkering around a little bit for potentially getting to the point of painting. But what I've been told by a lot of ladies in the industry is that the most important thing to paint is actually what happens before paint, which is prepping. So I figured who better to share with the group of ladies in the Femcanic community than the experts and folks that they follow on a regular basis on social media. So why don't we start with Hillary? If we were to boil it down to step one in your experience and what you typically do in your shop for prepping for paint, what do you do? Uh, I would say the very first thing I would do would be to evaluate, um, you know, your current condition of the surface you're working with. So for example, like my shop, we do a lot of restoration work. So, you know, a lot of times it's been cars that have been repainted several times. So we kind of look at the surface 
surface and we say, you know, is this something that we can just quickly sand and paint over? Or is this something that needs to be, you know, completely stripped down into uh, bare metal? And like often what I do is I don't warranty anything that doesn't start from that. So I, and I always try to encourage people, you know, you're spending, whether you're paying someone to do it or you're doing it yourself, you're about to spend a lot of money and a lot of labor to prep and repaint your car. So I always kind of advise them if, if there's any questions about, you know, what's underneath it, it's always best to kind of strip it down, whether you're doing that with a sander, whether you can send it out to be media blasted. And, you know, you kind of get that clean slate, you know, you're confident that what's under it and you have like a good surface to build upon. So I'd say that's definitely like would be my first recommendation is just evaluate, you know, see what you're working with. Excellent. And Connie or Ginger, do you guys want to add anything based on what you guys do? I completely agree with Hillary because I also am also in restoration. So, and even then you're risking it because, you know, there's a reason why we strip everything down is because it's been painted so many times and they're older cars and you don't know what's underneath there. So you're even risking it by just sanding what's already there and building on top of that. So it's always safe to take off what's there. But then again, it depends on what the customer, what level they're trying to bring it to. Because not every car is going to be, you know, a Riddler car. Yeah, definitely. Unless you strip it, you never know like what the prep work was like before that was painted. Like Bondo could be ready to crack or whatever. So I also don't warranty anything unless it's stripped to bare metal. And, and Ginger, I know that your primary focus is motorcycles, whereas with Hillary and Connie, you guys typically work on cars, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We've been having some boat parts trickle in every now and then. Interesting. <laughs> That's just the Florida living. <laughs> right on. Right on. Now, Ginger, do you do anything differently as it relates to motorcycles or is it metal is metal regardless whether it's motorcycle, boat or car? Um, no, I actually, before, when I decided I wanted to paint motorcycles, I worked in an auto body shop for a few years just to learn how to do all the prep work and body work and everything correctly. So it's it's the same. So if I'm hearing you ladies right, step one is stripping it down. And the ideal scenario is strip it down to metal. Okay, yeah. As long as you say ideal scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't want to give the impression off to like, yep, no, strip every car. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. know, know your situation first. Can you give an example of that, Connie? Like when you say know your situation, and when I think of the DIYer in the garage, I'm thinking they probably don't, I'm thinking of myself, and there's probably a lot of other folks that are in the same boat where I don't have a sandblaster readily available to me or the, um, what's the real popular one now, baking soda blaster, any of those things. I maybe have a power drill or maybe a cutoff tool or something. What would you guys recommend to the DIYer to, as it relates to this particular phase in the process? Well, if you're referring to stripping it, because um, if you want to assess what you're doing, if you see stuff that's just like flaking off or you can clearly see rust or rust holes or something that there needs that you might know that it needs metal work. But not everybody you know, knows what metal work is. But if you're just trying to strip it and you don't have not access to anything, you know, just get your paint strippers. But Hillary, you can go to like pretty much any store, any auto parts store and they sell paint stripper hardware stores. Paint is stripper. that a chemical or is it a, like a oh yeah a tool it's yeah, a it, chemical yeah sorry <laughs> oh really <laughs> do you guys have a, a recommended product well they got um air strip aircraft stripper yeah. 
which I make sure your safety. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, the Rust-Oleum brand. They I don't even know what which one it is. It's a white can, but that stuff worked pretty awesome. But yeah, if it touches your skin, it it burns the hell out of you. Yeah, sounds pleasant. <laughs> That's <laughs> why, actually, we should re- rewind. So after you assess everything, before you get hands-on, make sure that, you know, you have some type of safety. So you just got to take care of yourself, even if it's in your garage. Talk about safety a little bit, because I don't want to assume people know what that means exactly. It's really, you know, just making sure you have gloves and a mask and safety glasses. You know, those are just, those are your basic things, like your hands, because you're touching everything, your eyeballs, because that's what you see, and then what you're inhaling. Mm-hmm, like, I'm not saying sure. like you, I'm not saying like go suit up, go crazy. Not everybody <laughs> yeah. that has access mm-hmm. to that, but you know if you can go go to your local hardware store or just any auto parts store, um, they sell gloves and safety glasses and respirators. I'm sure. And, and I'll yeah, and just I'll go ahead. Just read about the products you're using, right? Like a lot 100%. of them have instructions on the back, like exactly what Connie said. They'll tell you, you know, hey, if you're using this product, make sure you're wearing a respirator, or make sure you yeah. wear your gloves. So just kind of knowing your products as well. Yeah, I can't preach that enough about reading your products, like your TDI sheets, like you just read mm-hmm. the information, like, because people always ask, like, well, what tip do you use and this and that? I was like, well, what my paint brand recommends, you know, you always want to go by what, what you're actually using, you know, exactly. because everyone thinks that what you're, what you have is like the golden ticket. And it's like, you just got to figure out what works for you. And by all means, we can go back and forth and try to figure it out and throw suggestions out there because a lot of people just simply don't know because when I know when I first started out I was like what tip you use (laughs) you know like I I really didn't know anything but I I was asking questions and that's that's where it all starts so I'll add this just from personal experience when you go buy the gloves check with wherever you go check and make sure that they're gloves that can be used with chemicals (laughs) <laughs> I've experienced this and I've observed other people where they're like, but I was wearing gloves and literally the chemical just eats through the glove because they don't have the so proper sure. type of glove. Yeah, no, I uh, have a new worker and he just said the same thing the other day. He did that. <laughs> wearing basic latex gloves and chemical just burn. ate right through them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're not painting walls here. <laughs> However, I still try to power through it, though, and, like, try to finish cleaning my gun, even though my hand's, like, on fire. <laughs> you could look at I know. <laughs> the gloves, and like, when melting I, off. When I was referring to tip, and when I was referring to tip, just for the people yeah. that don't know, we're talking about the spray gun tip. <laughs> I totally forgot that there's people that might not, might not know what we're talking about. <laughs> How is it, and and maybe my mind's just always in the gutter, but something with automotive always ends up in You just made it go in the gutter. gutter (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm the the worst at that. I I have immature moments. (laughs) It's just. I have such immature moments. I can't even. We are all a special type of breed, and that's why we all get along so well. Oh my God, really? We are. Oh, gosh. And this, ladies, is exactly why I wanted to have a panel. <laughs> and gentlemen that are listening, you guys are not the only ones. And your usually the guys are saying that for the we record. are the worst ones. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> I was like, I know, right? you want to go there? Like, that door, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And trust me, you're going to be the one uh, But I still, I still know where the line's at. You still, you still got to know where the line's at. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm going to bring it back in since I like took it <laughs> clear down a rabbit hole for us. But so step one, you look it over. And let's say it's the DIYer and we know that it's we're not restoring this to concourse uh, perfection. Uh, so we're going to assess if there's rust, if there's paint already flaking off. So let's say I find a spot where it's rust. And I know for a fact on our um, Ford Econoline van that there's certain spots where the metal's flaking. But what I see underneath is not rust. What do we? What's the next step then? I know we say strip it, but is it a small area that you would strip? You do you let strip the, the whole thing tell you and start as over? You go. <laughs> what does that Taylor, mean? Do you want to explain or gender? <laughs> or like Connie, I was going to say you would probably know better on this, but also mm-hmm. you have to take into account like even if your surface looks good, if it's been painted like three or four times, like there is a tolerance for like thickness, right? Like your mill thickness. Even mm-hmm. if the paint looks good, you don't want to you know, put another layer of primer, of base, of clear, because then you risk it, you risk it cracking, right? And you don't, yeah, and you don't know what, you know, what material they use. I I had just painted this Bora, and this yellow Bora, and yellow is a tricky color, especially if you're trying to panel match, which is a nightmare. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) so I had to, uh, we were just burning in the bottom side of the, the car, it was a little while ago, and I had, I was, I was spotting it, so I wasn't, I wasn't painting, Look at you with your guys' uh, slang, your <laughs> lingo here. I, I wasn't painting the whole thing. So I was just going to be, we were just going to be repairing the lower half of the, the front end of the car. So not the bumper, because it's like the whole front end of a Maserati. It's like one big old piece and the bumper is completely separate, chrome bumper. But so I was just spotting in the bottom half of the car, which is completely on the underside of the car for the most part. So I have to like jack it up to like spray it. And so I was just doing a little spot on there and... Because we weren't stripping, I was just building because it was just clear that was flaking off from when I was blowing the car up and started flaking. So the customer's like, oh, you know, go ahead and fix that. After I had just finally fixed the hatch and everything, I was like, okay, you want me to repaint some more? So, uh, (laughs) you know, I started, I got it all good. Everything went smoothly. Um, I had to feather it out, which is sanding back the paint a little bit more. um, So it has a nice smooth transition from the material of the lowest spot that you're sanding all the way up until the clear um, just so you don't feel like from where primer or even if bare metal was showing, um, however far I need to go down, I just go down. So as I'm going, I, and I got it already sprayed, prepped out, well, I'll, I'll prepped out and then I go to spray and then it lifts on me and I'm like, what the hell? So yeah. I go wipe it off. I was like, it's okay. There's no need to stress. Maybe I just, I, I didn't clean it good enough or something. So I go back you know, make sure everything's nice and clean, you know, have everything set up, let it flash completely, let it dry and everything. So flash is drying. And then I go back and it did the same thing. And I was like, okay, now, now I have to baby this. So I go clean it off again, you know, and get it ready again for the third time. And then I just dust the coats on there. So I literally just lightly miss the paint on there. And I just, I had to do that. I just literally had to do that for like, almost like it took like 10 coats I had to dust it on there. It sucked. Oh it, it really did suck. But and then I had enough coverage on there, but it it didn't lift. It just took twenty thousand times longer, and <laughs> uh, you know, gave it a good wet sand and buff, and it came out great. So, you know, full circle back to let the panel speak for itself is you know you're just going to keep going until either you don't see rust anymore, or because sometimes the rust will just keep going and going. 
And then it's like, fuck, excuse me. He's got to keep, you just got to keep going. And it's it's like, it is what it is. Like that's the nature of the beast when you're, especially if you're doing restoration and usually restoration, you're working on these older cars versus these newer modern cars. Like you can sand them down, slap some Bondo on there and set it on its way, you know, and it's not that easy with working with these older cars. Now, I'm going to pick on uh, Hillary here. So that's that's if we run into some rust and like what you were saying, Connie, see where the panel takes you and keep cleaning it off or stripping it until you mm-hmm. don't you see good metal uh, and you're not seeing rust. So what about the instances where I know on my van that there's just flaking? It, it seems to be um, metal under there. Maybe it's a primer, but it's flaking. So I don't right. see rust, but it's flaking. What do you do in those situations? How so you want to do, do like exactly what Connie was just talking about with the feather edging. So you want to keep sanding it until you can kind of, you know, you've eliminated that flaking. Like you, you can kind of rub your, your hand over it. Like normally if it's still going to peel, you'll be able to feel kind of like a, like a sharp little edge. So you want to just keep kind of sanding that back as, as far as you can go till it's kind of like blended out, right? Till and it feels can- like smooth. And you can actually see your edge sometimes. If you're actually looking at it, you can see that there's a sharp edge compared to where the, everything else looks nice, smooth, and transition too. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be like jagged looking. Yeah, because you need like feeling and seeing it. It's because you it might look good, but then you feel it you're like whoa, and then vice versa. So it's it those two definitely pay play a toll with one another. Now, Ginger, do you want to go ahead and weigh in on this and how you, the approach that you take? Pretty much they said it. Um, what is flaking, the clear or the paint? Uh, this, in my instance, it was, I, oh. I don't think I put a clear on it. it it's a, a pretty shoddy paint job. <laughs> I mean, I can see the ripples. Now, granted, a, a, a big old van, there's some long stretches of metal but like i can see waves but this do you see did you see metal van <laughs> i did see metal okay yes yes and is it yeah. just like on that Where, one area like, of the car or there's like different spots yeah, on, see, in that on the case van. i would strip the whole thing yeah. it sounds like <laughs> trust issues like if there's you know if it was just like one random bad spot like you know it might have just wasn't prepped right in that or something happened right there or but like if it's doing random stuff all over the in different areas of the car I wouldn't trust it that's where you cut your losses yeah. and yeah. start cuz you want a good surface right like mm-hmm. even even as a, a do it yourself or like you are spending like you're out there on your spare time you're spending hours to get this mm-hmm. prep so imagine you know the heartbreak of if you just decide to to shortcut it and just sand it and paint it, and then yep. you know it starts peeling in a different area, now you have to go back and redo it. Yeah. It's going to cost you more money. Yeah. So it's and like it goes back to the whole like it's faster to go yeah. slow, right? Like even always, if it takes you always. a little more time, at least you have the confidence to know exactly what you're working with from like the ground up. Yeah, because it's definitely going to be a challenge once you run into another another issue. It's like great, yeah. well, I don't know how to fix that, and then now you're going to have to take it to a professional, possibly. Exactly. We've all seen that before because the foundation is. You gotta have a strong foundation in life. So key. <laughs> in, the- in everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting philosophical now up in here. <laughs> so the next so what I'm what I'm hearing, evaluate the the surface, go through, see where the rust spots are, where the paint's flaking, assess it. Next step, that 
I imagine that will then determine, okay, how much stripping do I really need to do? Uh, to your point, Ginger, if it was just one particular area, but if you're seeing a little bit of everywhere, at that point, probably cut your losses and you need to start over and strip the whole thing. So that tells you how much stripping you need to do. Your guys' recommendation would then be going out and getting a product, a stripping product. And I, I saw, I heard a couple. I know, Ginger, you'd mentioned a Rustoleum product. And then um, Hillary and Connie, you mentioned uh, a different one. Aircraft, aircraft. I think. Yeah. It's, yeah, aircraft. Yeah. Where do you find that? You can find it at like any auto body supply yeah. store or like a or even class. auto. Even auto, yeah, auto parts stores yeah. like yeah. O'Reilly's. Yeah. Oh, and then you just got to make sure that, you know, that's going on to metal and not like plastic parts or anything. Yeah. And remove anything that yes. you don't want. Like, like, destroy. That, like any <laughs> rubber or whatever trim, like that all has to come off before you start Putting yeah, stripper, yes. or sanding, or yes, let's backtrack. Let me <laughs> ask this then, because when I'm thinking of a DIYer, they're they're probably not going to remove their glass, and this is an area where I know a little bit about um, windshields and windows in cars. Is the older cars have the rubber seals, whereas the newer cars, uh, it's a urethane that's on it. So. The older cars have the the rubber seals that go around. If the window, can you still use a stripper if the windows are stay installed and you have that rubber around them? Yeah. Well, see, that's just where you go. It falls back into what level are you trying to take the car. So now, if you're just you know, it's just you're doing it in your garage. You're not really trying to take it to any type of level. Then you don't really need to strip it that far. If the rust is still going behind there, then realistically you're going to have to take it out if you want it done right if not then if you're okay with you know just leaving that edge right there then you might just have to build back up because you can't get that close you know to stripping it um you know it's just when push comes to shove it's just like what what what, what route are you willing to go it's not the wrong way um you know it's just it just depends on the the, the life expectancy on it you know, because and, in order to properly treat it would be media blasting it because that's really getting down to the metal. Because even if you strip it, the rust still might be inside the metal. But if you're not trying to take it to any type of level, then, you know, I would just say, you know, get get the material off and then it might be still in the metal. But as long as you, you know, you can clean that metal, you know, as good as you can. And, you know, it's, it's a stronger foundation versus building on top of what you didn't strip from before. You know what I mean? No, that makes sense. And you can always like strip it back, like from your glass, like you can use a sander, like even if you're a mm -hmm. hobbyist, you can get like an electric sander with like yep. some 80 or 120 and you can strip it, you know, a few inches back from your glass mm -hmm. from that molding. And then like, for me, when I use the aircraft stripper, I tend to only use it on flat panels, right? Or if I, if it's a door, I'll remove the door and put it on a stand so it's flat. So you're not risking it like running and dripping. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can like sand it back and then use the stripper. So you're not worried about it eating through like moldings and, and stuff yeah. like that. And if you leave those on, you can mask them off. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever you're going to leave on, on there. Whatever you leave on, mask off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Including yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask about the masking tape. Is there, again, it's not just any old masking tape, I'm assuming. Is that you don't, correct? You don't want to use, like, carpentry masking exactly. tape or paint. It won't like, stick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> however, however, what we like to do at our shop, we do like to use the, the blue painter's tape. 
And uh, so after we like paint the inside of the car um, and it's all dry, we'll go ahead and tape that off. And then we'll work on the outside of the car, continue working on the outside of the car and everything. And then, so when we go back that, that blue tape, it's not as tacky, but it, you know, it, it, you know, it it still did its justice and it covered and protected the paint to where we're just peeling that off. And it's just like, it's, it's flawless underneath it. So we've been using that for a lot of the the cars. There's only one issue we ran into with it is, but that was because this car has sat for a very long time and we have just putting attention back into it. We're like, okay, we actually got to restrip this whole car. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it, it was a bad situation, you know, stuff happens. But. <laughs> I like that, though. That's smart. I often do the, like, when you get masking tape, you know, and you stick it on your leg first to make yeah. it less sticky yeah. and then yeah. like, put it on yep. the car. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Go get, go get that painter's tape. I'm going to. Thank <laughs> yes. you. I learned yeah. something. This is great. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So that's what you guys use for the inside, Connie. Hillary, what do you, what do you use for like the outside? Like if I'm masking off my windows, yes. like what you and Ginger were mentioning, what kind of tape and where would I find that? I'll use like automotive masking tape, like like a 3M brand or something you could get from a like an auto auto body shop supplier. And I also use duct tape a lot for masking duct tape glass. Is good. Also yeah. for uh, yeah. blasting too. Yes, exactly. Or for masking sticker. like tricky areas that may be a little sticky, like mm. wheel wells or like rocker panel flanges. Oh, it's, it's great to have on hand for sure. Hmm. That's, That's interesting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> duct tape? Yeah. 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 Wow. It's fantastic. Because I, I've put duct tape on things and, and it leaves that freaking film on it. That's like a bitch <laughs> to get off. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like necessarily on like painted parts, but for like windshields and stuff like that, or like if you're back masking like a wheel well, like it was straight for that. I'm trying to Google right now for the collision people because I forgot what that tape is where it has a hard edge on one side and you can slide it inside your windshield if you're leaving something like your windshields in. You oh, can that slide lifting it in. Tape stuff. Yeah, that lifting tape. Yeah, yeah. And where you can take it, you can slide it in your windshield and then you can pull it back so you can still get material down in there. Yes, that stuff's great, but I don't remember yeah. what it's called. Oh, worst case scenarios, if you send it, to, if you find it, Connie, and send it to me, I'll For put sure. it in yeah. the show But notes. I think this is something that you can really only buy at, yeah, at your like local paint store. Like, it's like molding tape or trim tape yeah. or something. I, yeah, I'm not sure. If they, but then again, you can make it too. You could just like fold one end of the tape. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a few times so we can have a little, you know, structure Rigidity. to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely done that. I it's did a, that yeah. just the other day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little more time consuming, but it works. It does. Yeah. And then you feel good about it, right? Exactly. You're like, I made this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're all in this industry. <laughs> so See, creative. The, <laughs> tricks of the trade right there, ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So just progressing through this, we get it stripped down. Um, we have our safety gear on. We go get our stripper. We start stripping the panels down. The DIYer sands it away. And Now, the sanding, when you talk about, I mean, would they just use a... Uh, drill and then have an attachment at the end for sanding. What do, what do you recommend for the DIYer? Well, they have uh, at, like your hardware stores. They have the the dual action sanders. So I'm I'm pretty confident electric ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electric ones you can get for sure. And what what uh, grit would you recommend for doing something like that? Well, if you're trying to strip it, then you know you got your 80, um, and then you can always go lower to like the 40 grit too to get it off really faster got it do they sell the the six inch ones like the bigger 
the sanding. So like you can maybe use a DA if you want to go faster to strip everything off. The electric? Yeah. Uh, I've only seen the five inch ones, I think. Yeah. Or something like that. Because I know, I know, because we would sometimes, uh, if we were stripping a car, uh, we would just go in and take our DA, or not our DA, our buffer. Like my, I would take my old DWAT buffer and I would just fucking slap yeah. the big sheet, this this six inch. I think that's what it was. I have an eight inch. inch. Not the, no, eight inch. I'm sorry. Eight, eight yeah, inch. I have an eight yeah. inch pad. Yeah, yeah, God, correct sure. me, guys. Correct me. <laughs> yeah, no, if you're, if you're stripping a whole car, like, yeah, you want to get a buffer. <laughs> be, yeah. That, uh, those you're, things. You're, you're using, uh, you have a wider surface so you can take more off instead of using the little six inch DA. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still use the chemical stripper or are you saying this instead it of the chemical or what you in want. conjunction? You could do it either way is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can use a little bit of both. Exactly. It seems like the stripper would be faster. Uh, it well. depends. I had a Porsche and like the, uh, the paint was so old on it and like the layers of Bondo, like that stripper did nothing. I, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, I had to manually take it off. Oh, wow. Sounds like fun. Uh. But see, it, it is when you, when you go and manually take it off, it's, there is more labor and it's a little bit more messier. Opposed to using the chemical to take it off. For sure. Got it. Okay. Or you you could combine it, right? Like you could do chemical yeah. for like your yeah. flat panels. And yeah, I would definitely do both. Yeah, do like manual for your side panels if you're worried about like the chemicals, you know, getting into jams and, and all that stuff. Got it. Yeah. So just, just go around the car treating it appropriately for each section. Yeah. Take those, take uh, this feedback into consideration. So we're to the <laughs> point where we've stripped down from the windows. We know how to handle the windows. We've masked off certain areas. It's stripped. What next? What do we do next then? Epoxy. Oh, yes. There's all different types of brands. I would just honestly talk to a professional um, that's in your local area to see what you can get your hands on for epoxies to protect that metal. Yes. All right. Yes. Hillary, explain to us why epoxy. Um, because you need to put, you know, you have bare metal and I think you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but after bare metal sits, it starts to oxidize or rust again within like eight hours, I believe. So you need to put something on that bare metal that's going to stop it Mm -hmm. from rusting. So epoxy Mm -hmm. is, it's kind of like the closest thing that replicates the factory, like e-coat, you know, that, that corrosion protection. And that's going to be, you know, your foundation for your amazing paint job you're about to put down. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh there here's a little trick that we i wouldn't say a trick this is something that we do um when like if there's a lot to media blast and we can't get it all done in one day and then but we even if we put it inside it's still risking it flash rusting so what we end up doing is we take gibbs oil and we coat the car in gibbs oil oh and, that's cool yeah and so that that really gives it a nice shine and protects it so then you just got to make sure that you go back and you get all that crap off, you know? So if you, if you're in a budge and you know, you, you still want to protect the metal, but you're not done yet, then that's, that's a good little area of, that can hold you over. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a neat little trick. Where do you find Gibbs oil? I'm sure any auto store. Got it. And then you, t- you, you say, make sure you get it off. How do you get it off? Either if you're going to s- still media blast, you can go back over that. Just wax and grease, really. You just really want to wax and grease it. Remover, wax and grease remover. Just so because people might 
who don't know what that yeah, is. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's actually wax and grease it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But even if you're using um, stripper, like especially if you're using stripper or if you put oil, like you need to clean it really good. Um, yes. Like the stripper, you clean it with soap and water really good and then wax and grease after it again. And that's a brand name of something? It's a grease. generic name. Cleaner. It's a cleaner. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get feedback like I waxed and greased it. <laughs> Nothing oh, sticks. Connie. Was it was it the grease you cook with or the grease for your hairs? Cause <laughs> I don't know which one I used. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, outstanding. So epoxy. How if I'm a DIYer and again, I've never gone out and bought epoxy for a car i've done it for like household type projects but how do you apply it how do you recommend a diyer at home tackle that mm, you can spray it you can roll it you can brush it <laughs> this is this is true this is true they have products where you can do literally all of those things yeah um, i don't exactly. i would i would check to make sure uh your residential area if you're allowed to spray a whole car I don't think that's legal, but you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here to snitch on anybody or to say, you know, you can't reuse that cup. Like you, you can only spray that and that only. So you can't try to trick the system and like refill that cup. So I would just say, check with your area, unless you're able to take the car somewhere and like borrow somebody's booth or rent a booth out or something. Yeah. I would just check with the product to see how you want to apply it. But for mm-hmm. sure, like at least do two coats. I mean, I don't know about you, Hillary. Some things I do three coats depending on what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like, I guess two as well, it depends on what epoxy you're using. Like with PPG, I use their CRE and it's like a super high build, right? So you can get away with like one or two coats of that. But I know like some epoxies are so thin, like you're absolutely right. You need yeah. to do like three yeah. coats for a de- for decent coverage and for yeah. decent uh, corrosion protection. For sure. Now, Connie, you were referring, just so I'm clear, you're referring specifically to um, spraying, right? But you guys also mentioned that it could actually be applied with a roller. And a paintbrush, yeah. On a car. Yeah, for sure. On a car? Are you kidding me? Not as nice as if you spray it, but it's it's like a lot of epoxies will have, you know, instructions of if you're spraying it, if you're brushing it, if you're rolling it and, you know, how to apply it. And like what we said, like going back to just reading like the product sheets, right? Like they'll give you all those specific instructions. Yeah. Because they make, they make products, you know, for, so you can use it on multiple things and not just vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've been, I've brushed epoxy on in like hard to reach areas. Me too. Yeah. Many times. Like we've all, we've all done it. (laughs) Yeah. Your spray gun, your airbrush gun, some huh. things just, just won't, won't reach. Again, I'm going to use my own van as an example where it's actually my partner's van, but I help. Um, where we could technically paint that on with like a so sponge brush. The only brush. thing that you're probably going to run into of if you don't spray it on is that the textures is going to be a little, probably a little bit thicker and it's not going to be as smooth. Uh-huh. So when you go to sand that to build whatever you're going to build on top of, with either uh, some filler or primer on top of that epoxy, you're probably gonna, you know, need a little bit more sanding versus, you know, just a scuffing it to put some. If filler you're or painting primer. your car anyway, you're gonna need a spray gun. So might as well just spray yeah. it. But but if say like you were gonna prep everything in your garage and then take it to a spray booth that you're renting, then just roll it on, I guess. <laughs> so you don't have to spray that in your garage. 
Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, it's going to get really messy. Flat. Let's talk about mess a little bit, just to put this in perspective for folks. Because again, I think if I'm understanding the process, we get it all cleaned up. You're down to bare metal, and then you put epoxy on it. This is before you put your first layer of bondo and do any kind of sanding. Am, am I understanding right. that yes. right? Correct. Even though a lot of things say direct to metal, if you want a solid foundation, you're going to want epoxy because that's really going to protect the metal. Yes, Long so time. true. Got it. Is I'm guessing this is probably a step a lot of people skip. They well, do. Oh my know, god. Yeah. It just it just depends on if you're you know if you're in a collision shop. I didn't know what DTM was in the beginning. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know what you know R and I was in the beginning because we never removed anything off of vehicles. Well, share <laughs> share with the rest. So, share with the rest of the people what that is. Oh, direct DTM, to metal. Direct to metal. And then you mentioned another one. And then R and I. Oh, um, removing and install. Removing the stall. Okay. Yeah. All these slang words. <laughs> I'm in like acronym hell right now. <laughs> and yeah, like you don't you don't see that in the collision world, right? Like not it's at so, all. It's so I didn't even based. know what epoxy was either until I got into restoration. Oh yeah, and like along those along those lines, like last year I I did um I did a seventy two Celica, and the guy had just paid to get the entire thing restored, and they had you know completely. Uh, sent it out for media blasting, bare metal, and they built it up, you know, out of filler, painted it, nice paint job. And then not even a year later, it like it started, started cracking. Work. Like you could crack yep. this out in like six inch chunks of like filler That's were just so coming sad. out. Right. And then again, it, it goes back to, okay, well, you've spent all this money yeah. and time, but you've skipped this step that, that literally takes you like yeah. a day to do. And that could be the difference between a paint yeah. job that lasts you like 10 or 20 years or a paint job that lasts you like six and, months. And that's what really sucks because there's a lot of people that are out there that are looking and that they think they're getting a quality job and then they get burned in the end. And it's, you know, so the only thing that we can preach to them is really just, you got to go out on your own and do some type of research, go look at different shops, go compare them. Don't just go to the one that you see because they're the cheaper price. We all know the cheaper is not better. So true. Yes. We started to talk about mess. So when we talked about spraying epoxy, a big part of that is mess, which is overspray. And anyone who's done even spray paint cans, you've experienced what overspray is. So I can only imagine the amount of overspray from painting or spray epoxy, any of those things, for an entire car. I, I imagine it's just massive. Well, that's yeah. painting, painting in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> are you asking if they're going to be doing it in their garage well yeah i i guess well then i would just you know just take some plastic don't do yeah, it don't do it honestly just don't do it so yeah, i, will, don't I do wouldn't it. recommend it don't do it i wouldn't garage. recommend it at all and i'm not gonna sit there and say you know tell you how to do it but it's just yeah it's just too too much overspray now ginger you had mentioned about renting a booth to do like the spraying and stuff like that. You can do that. Yeah. A lot of body shops will, um, will rent their booth out for the weekend or like the days that they're closed. One of the shops I worked at before rented it out for like a hundred dollars a day or something. I had no idea. I mean, why not? Right. You can rent an RV for God's sake. So why can't you rent a paint booth? (laughs) Right. Airbnb people's houses. So why couldn't Airbnb, Airbnb a booth? A booth. Um, yep. But I, I just didn't even think about it. That's pretty cool. See, guys? Ex, extra revenue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're, sure. we're all entrepreneurs. It's all a matter of thinking about how to best leverage revenue streams so that we can keep doing this full time. So you could go out and run a booth. How would you 
Because I don't really see that advertised anywhere. Is it just a matter of cold calling? Yeah, it's just about going around and asking. Mm -hmm. Like you can call, like call around to different body shops and, you know, and ask them and eventually you'll find someone who will hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, most shops are pretty um, cool about it, right? It it just depends. Yeah. Like I've had, uh, you know, I've had people walk into my shop saying like, Hey, I need to paint a car. Can I rent your booth? And um, I guess like, because I do restoration work and it's not running constantly, it, it wasn't really like a big deal for me. So yeah, and see, that's where you can take advantages of shops like that, because that's, that's a hundred percent true. When you don't, when you're not a production shop, you know, the booth's not continuously running. Exactly. So yeah. you would recommend uh, probably your best shot then would be starting with restoration shops opposed to a um, production type shop in, well, yeah, that, or that, like a small independent collision shop type of thing, yeah. not like a big yeah. banner shop. Mom and yeah. pop. Yeah, exactly. Shopper. Got it. That's hugely helpful. So we, let's say we rent a booth, we go and shoot epoxy, then what's next? Well, it just depends on what level you want to take it to. I mean, some people do rough, rough ends, where that is where you just do your heavy body work. So you do your heavy body filler on your areas that need it. Um, and this is assuming if you're not doing any metal work or anything, you're just going straight into, you know, blasting it and what we're talking about right now. Hey, Connie, is this the step where you would do the body work then if it's needed? Yes. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Some people, some people like we do, we go in and after it's epoxied, we do our rough cut in with body filler and you're just getting all your heavy areas that need body filler. And then from there, we go in and prep it out for uh, polyester primer. But first, once you, you're doing your body filler, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to break your metal. And so any metal spots that are showing, and this is where it differs too, because some, some shops are different. Um, we go in and re-epoxy those areas. So we put spot epoxy on just the metal breakthroughs. How, how do you apply it? Spray again? or? Yeah, yeah, you can spray. I, well, recommending spraying, yes. Hillary, what about you? What do you guys do? Like mine would probably be a little bit different than Connie's because, um, you know, being in Canada, obviously we have a lot more metal work, like rusted out cars to do. So we would epoxy it. Then we would go around and see any areas that need to be cut out and patched. We would kind of address that first. We'd re-epoxy our bare metal. And then exactly what the process that Connie just described, like we go and we do our rough body work. I don't use polyester putty. I use a high build epoxy. So I kind of cut out that step. So I'll do my rough body work. I do like an entire skim coat of body filler, block it out. I do a high build epoxy, block it, and then I high build prime it. Yeah. And see, I didn't really explain what we did in the beginning as well, because after we blast it, we actually put the whole thing in weldable primer. And then from there, we can actually let the car sit and it's it's essentially i wouldn't say i don't really know the specifics on it but the difference between the um weldable primer versus uh epoxy but i know we we get it into weldable primer and then from there we do all of the metal work that needs to be done and then we go re-blast it and then get it into epoxy and then continue that process oh that's cool yeah i always love hearing like different ways that things get done it's awesome i mean because miguel my boyfriend his shop they do they they don't do that extra stuff so that's just something that we do only because well you know we started out you know as a small shop and now we're we're growing (laughs) and so we have a lot of different projects because there is a different budget you know throughout our, our growing our growth of the shop so there's some things that need to sit for a while you know, before we go and touch it again. So we, you have yeah. it sitting in Waldorf Primer versus Epoxy. 
that's cool again like my same thing like my husband works in a shop and they do like yeah. epoxy metal work epoxy again spray mm-hmm. fill block epoxy and yeah. then like it, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's crazy like you know it's, there's, there's there's so many ways to it really is to do it and like I feel like as long as you kind of have the basics of like mm-hmm. you know like epoxy like, is one of the key basics there's so many yes. different ways to like get there and, and it's, yeah. it's just always interesting to hear different people's like views and like yeah. you know even 17 years in like I always learned like I've learned so much exactly. just listening to you guys <laughs> <laughs> it is and so one thing that I like to explain to anybody that you know that I'm helping in the beginning process of it it's like especially if you're just starting restoration it's in in general, the industry is overwhelming because there's a lot of information. So it's like when I am training somebody, I don't really expect them to learn, you know, what each stage we're going into, what, you know, the, you know, the, the whole process. So the only thing I want them to focus on is after you, after this is blasted, it needs to immediately get cleaned and go into epoxy. So wax and grease it down or, um, yeah. And then, um, get it straight into epoxy. And then from mm-hmm. there, the epoxy, make sure that you scuff that before you put any filler on top of that. Because if you right. don't scuff and it, it's going to flake. What what grit do you use, Connie? I'm just for, curious. On which one? For prepping for On what? the epoxy. Scuffing the epoxy. Scuffing the epoxy. Um, so, so, well, ours is also a high build. We use Southern Polyurethane's epoxy, and that's a little bit of a higher build. That's what I use too. Oh yeah, you do too. Yeah. So yeah. I use, mm-hmm. um, if I'm going into body filler and I, I always make sure that I at least have, uh, two or three coats, like, like at least three coats starting like foundation wise, only because I like to use 180 so I can cut it a little bit more to have a better bite for the mm-hmm. Bondo. And so I'm also not going to be breaking through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so it's usually 180 and then a scotch right red scotch So let me, let me ask this, because previously we talked about using the buffer and throwing the uh, sandpaper on the buffer. Is this all done by hand? Is that the recommendation or do you use any tools? It depends on the area, but for the most part, if I'm just going to be throwing filler on top of it, I'll, you know, just do it by hand. What about you, Hillary? Yeah, if you use like a tool for that, it might take off too much. Exactly. No, no, you're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what about you, Hillary? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Ginger. Like it's, if you mm-hmm. just grab a sander, you might just buzz it back down to bare metal. Then you're kind of back to square one. So just yeah. kind of by hand, like a two, a 220, a 180 and a red, mm-hmm. a red kind of scratch pad and you'll yeah. be good. Yeah. Cause you don't want to make sure you don't use a fine grit because there's not going to be any bite for anything to adhere to. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So let's say the Bondo's on there. What grit mm-hmm. do you use? What do you recommend that the DIYer, but if you were to boil it down to the most critical things where let's say you have to go out and buy a block or something or two blocks. Now, can you buy blocks? And I, I don't think I've ever really looked for blocks in like a hardware store or auto parts store. Amazon. So what should they look yeah, for? Yeah, they're, oh, Amazon's yeah, everything. Amazon is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon is life. <laughs> I have bought some I have bought some blocks at auto parts stores, like when I'm in a pinch, but they're the super limited choices. Mm-hmm. Connie, you use the AFS blocks, right? Yes. And I love them. And I told oh, Bogey she needs to get them. I, but you know what? The guy that made them died. I've heard. I know. So we need to find a way to reproduce We do. These. We do. <laughs> they are without being, without being sued. <laughs> how do we get that patent like come on guys just you got you got it you got a whole fan club out here rooting for it yes we love your because those those blocks are they have rods in them 
And so they're nice and they're nice and flat and they have like these rods in them. So keep it nice and stiff, but then you can take the rods out and flex it and really get the curvature, like the curve, I can't even say it, of of the (laughs) round fender, of the round fender. Um, And you you really shape it and cut it at the same time and, you know, get it to where you need it. But to do it yourselfers, they, I guarantee you are not going to understand it. They're going to, they're going to need a professional to visually see how to properly block. So you can't really just say something and try to teach it over the phone. Um, So, I mean, I would, uh, if you are just doing it yourself, I mean, girls, I don't know, help me out. Like, yeah, just a block 3M. (laughs) Try to keep it it straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when you get to your grooves, you know, you're, you're rounded out, you know, areas like around your wheel wells and, you know, sometimes your fenders have a little concave area. So when you get to those areas, you don't want to use like a hard block because it's a round area. I mean, you do want to use a hard block and you, and you <laughs> it's hard to explain. <laughs> Say that again. Guide coat. A flexible yes. block. Always. Yes. Guide, guide coat. coat. Definitely. Oh my God. Yes. Guide, guide coat so will be your best friend. It is your best friend. And you know, somebody told me um, uh, recently, not too long ago, that they use chalk. Chalk? Inside of a sock. Chalk. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that I too. Like, oh, I've never tried it before. Yeah. That was interesting. Oh, fascinating. Yes. Like powder, like powder yes. guide coat. Yeah. So what, what guide <laughs> coat is, guide coat, so <laughs> you, you put the guide coat, the powder, or you can spray it in an aerosol can, but you put that and you you put that on your panel of where you're going to be sanding down, whether you're blocking or using the DA, you put that down and then you, it's a, you, it's a visual tool. So you go in and as you're standing, the black guide coat starts to go away. So you can see, cause it gets inside the sand scratches. So it shows you how far you need to go until you need to go up to your next grit. Shows you your highs and your low spots, your right? Lows. Like So if you need blocking. more attention, yeah, if you need more yeah. attention, it just has to be a different color. It's a different color than the surface that you're sanding. So um, it allows you to see the scratches and stuff. So if uh, your epoxy is white, you use black guide coat and black, you use white guide coats. But also <laughs> there is a white guide coat for, um, for wet sanding as well. So it's the same concept. Have you ever used that guys? I have not, but I, I really um, want to try it. You have to. I have black and white, but I use it um, for poly. So, so uh, I, I guess when I'm listening to you ladies talk about this and Connie, you're, you're making a brave effort to try to explain this (laughs) that, um, I, I understand how difficult it is to just try to explain it using words. As I'm listening to you ladies, there's like a point that I get to where as much as you want to be a DIYer, there's a point where it's like, you need to go somewhere. Yeah. And understanding that and just accepting the fact that that's what needs to happen. One is doing the epoxy. The other is when you get down to this blocking where it sounds like this phase of it is really where the good paint job happens, where you don't see the waves in the panel. Uh, It's tedious. It's worth it in the long run because you end up with a better paint job. But almost if you could do like an apprenticeship with someone where you could go to their shop and they could show you stuff or some something like that where I don't know if someone cuz to your point Connie it's hard to explain. It is hard to explain but the mm-hmm. beauty about social media these days is that there's so many different avenues and YouTube channels and things that if you really want to learn how to do something even if it's even if it's on your own time the best vehicle to do it on is your own. So you have all the time in the world. So you don't, unless you're trying to like 
go to a deadline, then obviously you're going to need help. So you can have professional guidance on how to get it to that level quickly. But if you're just doing it yourself and you're, you're really, you really want to learn it, you're going to, you're going to find a way to learn it. And, you know, you're going to search your different avenues so you can achieve what you want to achieve. So I'm sure that there's plenty of things, you know, that you can research or reach out to. Like you can reach, if anybody's listening and they need help, definitely you can reach out to any of us on here. And I'm sure that we can make time to try to video chat so we can actually try to show you or something like that, you know? For sure. For sure. And, mm-hmm. and on, on that same note, Connie is, you know, check, check in your local area because I know like where I am and I used to teach it, um, like a hobbyist class at your local community college, they might have something like we had a very basic auto body repair class for, you know, exactly like the do it yourself people who have their own projects. They want to learn, you know, basic welding, basic prep work, basic paint work. So you might even find something in your area that you can enroll in that will teach you those basic skills. And you can also bring in like a lot of my students would bring in their cars and we'd work on them together or they'd bring in panels and we'd do that together. So that's also like another, and, and they were also part-time courses, right? So, you you know, these people work a day job and then at night they come and take this class. So that might be something as well you can look into. Yeah, I agree so much on that. And then also don't let the excuse of, oh, there's not one near me is that if you need to commute, by all means, go commute. Exactly. (laughs) Like don't, don't, you can't like, if you, if you want to do something, you got to be serious about it. You can't make excuses. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Well, I, I know the time it takes to do these things. So you block it out a few times and Hillary, you went through how there's multiple phases to blocking. It's not, you know, epoxy, you throw some, some mud on there and then you sand it off and you're good to go. It's, it's, getting used to and Connie I think you use this just see what the panel tells you and then you keep working with it there's a tool for every different area yeah and the DIYer probably won't have it um and sometimes we'll just have to get creative like you ladies do even with the masking tape and folding it over a few times <laughs> oh and yeah for sure I think the biggest message that I hope the DIYers out there get is that you don't have to have all of the tools Mm-hmm. And um, it there's not one way of doing it. That's exactly. so true. And there's not one particular product that you have to use to get the best mm-hmm. result. It's it's more about taking the time to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So true. And like exactly what Connie said. Like it with Instagram and social media, there's so many pages you can follow and you can learn. Like even even me, right? Like. You can learn so much just watching, you know, different pages, like go check out the girls behind Mm -hmm. the gun page, like connect with some of those people, ask, ask questions, like don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Like there's nothing to be, to be lost by that, right? If someone doesn't Mm -hmm. answer you, oh, well, like move on to the next, the next person. There's always someone mentioned, someone mentioned YouTube as well. Like I still YouTube Mm -hmm. stuff sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Is there a particular resource that you guys would recommend to anyone? Or is it's literally just Google? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not really big on YouTube, but I do know that Gabriel up in Canada, um, he does motivated painters. He does a lot yeah. of great vi- videos for Collision. Yep, he does. Any other resources that that you guys use that you'd recommend? I would say another resource. It's and it's if you want to like connect with other females, um, Hillary has a page on Facebook, auto body gals, you know, it's all pretty much what you just reached a thousand members. Congratulations. Uh, yes. yes uh, um, Thanks. So now there's a thousand women out there 
that you can connect with. So if you don't want to, you know, some, some people just feel more comfortable connecting with another woman. So if these are women listeners that you can jump on Facebook and go ask and nobody's there to bash you or shame you or anything. Only if you're looking for a female to reach out to you. And it's a, it's a closed page too. So you have to ask permission to get in. And Hillary, yeah. if my memory serves me right, you ask. That's like one of the requirements is that you're a female. Yeah. I mean, like... You know, nothing against, obviously, like, men in this trade. And, like, I feel like that's something I often get, like, having an all-female shop. You know, I always get, like, oh, you're a feminist, like, man-hating lesbian. And I'm just like, okay, hold on right, a minute. Right. Like, being, being, being pro-women in this trade doesn't mean I'm anti-men. Like, you know, the first shop I worked at, I was the first girl working with, and it was a shop that employs 100 men. So I was the first girl, 100 men. And, like, those guys are, like, my brothers. And, like, all of my best friends, most of my friends are guys, yep. right? So... First of all, it's not nothing against men, but it's just, you know, a lot of times like people just kind of need that, that like that little kind of safe space, I guess, until they get the confidence to kind of, you know, go out into this, Mm -hmm. into this industry. Yeah, it's hard to build your confidence in the beginning, because you're your own worst critic. Yeah, for sure. And like you, I mean, everybody gets so overwhelmed in their own head, because they try to compare themselves to other people. But like you were just saying, Hillary, everybody's on their own journey. Oh, I know. And I keep seeing like, even in like my auto body gals group, like I've seen posts of girls who are like, Oh, you know, I've, I've been in this industry for two years and I want to give up because it's hard. Yeah, I want to tap like, out. It's like, no, you know, like, this is just I I struggle too. Right. Like my first th- three or four years, you know what I did? I had to go outside and sandblast things yep. and I had to fix yep. rusty pickup trucks yep. and I had to clean toilets and I Preach swept it. the floor. Preach and you know it. What? 17 years later, being a business owner, I still still do toilets. (laughs) I still sweep the floor. And it's like, so many people just have this entitled attitude. Like, well, I'm here and I want to work on cars, so I shouldn't have to do this. And it's like, no, you need to like eat that shit. Like I ate shit for like six years (laughs) before I even got someone to like acknowledge me. It still tastes like shit. (laughs) It still does. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? Like that's, that's fine. Like that's what it is. Great. Exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize too, like, you know, like all the dirt and grime and sweat that goes into achieving like a, you know, super nice paint job. Oh my gosh, right? Ladies, thank you so much for being willing to take time out of your evening. I so appreciate it. And Hillary, what part of Canada are you in? I am in Toronto. So we got clear East Coast to West Coast. So... (laughs) (laughs) we are worldwide yes yes i love it (laughs) ladies i am thank you so much for being willing to be a guinea pig with me on this test drive around a shop talk forum and getting multiple women together to just have a conversation and dialogue around a topic that seems to be a mystery for myself and a lot of other people where as DIYers, we want to get in there and get literally get our hands dirty and learn. And sometimes, you know, you, you'll go out and watch videos and stuff, but it's nice to hear another woman's voice sharing their insights. No different than why and the purpose that Auto Body Gals exists. It's the same thing. It's just a safe space. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. And I, and I often think that, like, sometimes 
the do-it-yourselfers almost get shamed in the sense that, you know, you don't have the state-of-the-art tools or or the best equipment and, and you know, it's hard to ask or post about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it's it's really great and, and I'm super pumped to like be on here with Ginger and Connie and this is this is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. We got to do a part two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> part two is actually Next painting. Step. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, we didn't that's even get the, to that your guys yet. area. That's the part two, ladies. Oh, and then Ginger does the graphics. I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I can buff it. Uh, same? <laughs> oh, you're hired. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's... Uh, that's the that. one thing I struggle the most with, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, God, I'm getting I better, so especially with, with the guide coat. Like it's, it's been a huge help. But, yes, uh, it is. Hillary, you got to get that. Yeah. I know. I really, I'm going to try <laughs> it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, like I said, I feel like I have learned so much in this hour. It's great. That is so awesome. See, awesome. ladies and token gents out there listening to this, uh, it, even experts are always learning. So you just got to start somewhere. Always. Yeah. You oh, just got to sure. start somewhere. Never, never ends. Ladies, this has been absolutely fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, maybe in the future, give folks an opportunity to work through their projects a little bit. And a part two could be the actual painting piece of it. I'm starting to share this on my podcast around Femcanic Garage will be featuring and sponsoring an all ladies owned car, truck, motorcycle show in Columbus, Ohio in 2020. And the guests that I have featured on my show will get an exclusive honorary invite to come and join us in person if they want. Yay. That's exciting. That's awesome. That yeah. sounds and awesome. what's what I'm really excited about, we spoke to a shop owner, a local um, auto body shop owner, and she is a female. And so we're going to be, she's going to be hosting it at her actual body shop. That's super oh, awesome. That's so cool. Nice. So it's super fun. Um, look for that to come out and it, it should be a lot of fun. And Connie, I hit up Madison to see if she wanted to design uh, two or three trophies for and weld one weld a design together for a couple of the trophies. Nice, and, uh, right? Break it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, final words of advice. Each of you get to go once and shared words of wisdom or encouragement or vent or get on a soapbox, whatever, whatever <laughs> works for you. But, uh, Ginger, do you want to go ahead and first? Uh, what would you like to share with the Femcanic community? Yeah, just don't cut corners and um and don't give up like if you have a vision just keep working for it um and you know like there's always people that help like i can always be contacted through instagram or and um i'm always going to answer questions or help where i can connie uh like ginger said just don't give up i mean this this industry any anything that you want it never comes easy so just know that you know you got to put your time and your hustle in and each challenge is a learning experience and you know if you want it you're going to go for it and nothing's going to stop you and you shouldn't let anything stop you and take advantage of your resources and hillary yeah i mean i would definitely second what ginger and connie just said and then as well 
I would encourage everyone just kind of starting in this industry to definitely keep an open mind. You know, there's so many different ways to do things. Um, you know, learn as much as you can. Be like a little sponge. Absorb it all. Find what works best for you. And, you know, just, you know, don't ever get to the point where you think like you know it all. Like I'm 17 years in and today I have learned so much. Like always have that open mind and always just be receptive to to learning and to hear what other people have to say and then that's yeah. going to take you far yeah and just know that it's not because you're a girl <laughs> yeah so that's the main thing that i hear from a lot of the girls entering in it's like oh it's because my girl and it's like well i just want to stop you right there no but no playing the victim don't you cannot play the victim just you know it's, just it's a tough industry right you gotta have thick skin whether whether you're a girl or a boy it right is. it is but also don't don't be walked over either so you know you know that line make sure nobody crosses it but then also know that you know you got to put your you got to put your time in your hustle in too. Mm-hmm. For sure. In the next episode, Valley McCauley is featured. She is an auto damage appraiser with 11 years experience. Valley dives into how she was raised by a single mother and her grandmother that taught her the basic maintenance on cars. This iCar Golden Platinum, Local Skills USA estimating judge, and car show judge shares her industry knowledge with the Femcanic community. Be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help, grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?